0: But it does not say that if any man be in Christ, he ought to become a new creature. It says he is. We know that the body goes through a period of sanctification and uh, it will continue to go through a change until the rapture takes place. But uh, there are statements of absolute accomplished facts that refer to a positional reality when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit instantaneously performs uh, certain irrevocable works in us, which makes us glad because it's teaching us that we may get in a terrible shape, but we can never lose our salvation. That when God saves you, He saves you eternally. But uh, I believe our key is to try to live so that we are not an embarrassment to the Lord. We uh, or most people—I do not say we, but most people—try to not to be an embarrassment to their family or their church or the community, and but. If I live so that I'm not an embarrassment to God, then I don't have to worry about anything else. So we want to look at four or five points this morning. We preach, uh, you know, after all, all these years, I preach on most subjects three four times, but it's not the same sermon, but the same thought with a different uh, uh, approach to it. But the first approach I want to look at is the new position that we have, and that is through baptism. I think that uh, we have baptized a lot of people too soon, but we don't know what's real and what's not real. But turn the book back into First Corinthians, and we see First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. Notice here what God says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13, he said, "For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jew or Gentiles." whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into the one spirit. Now, the key in this verse that, of course, uh, we need to see, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. There's only one way to be saved. And that same one spirit, the Holy Spirit, is what teaches us, leads us, Guides us, directs us. And we quoted the verse in John many, many times <coughs> that uh, every child of God has the Spirit in him or her. And Jesus, right before he ascended back to the Father, made that statement that we quote quite often. I think it's important. You know, uh, Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. But we forget sometimes about the Spirit. Now, I don't believe that the Spirit is going to teach error. And whatever you know spiritually, the Spirit of God taught it to you. And that's why that he said that he being Jesus, is important. It's important that I go away. In other words, I came to this earth. I fulfilled what the Father wanted me to do. Now it's time for me to ascend back to heaven. But he said, when I do, I'll send the Holy Spirit. Every saved person has the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. Now, the question that I ask people, how come one Christian is taught this and another Christian is taught exactly opposite. Well, I go back to what I believe is as common sense. Both of us can be wrong, but both of us cannot be right. You know, and that upsets people. But the Spirit of God is—he teaches one thing, and that's truth. He guides one way. By the word of God, and so when we get in our minds of that, you know, we know that you know God says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's something he never was before, and old things are passed away. That's my old ideals. We'll wrap it up in a in a knot. We either think the way God wants us to think or we think the way we want to think. But the difference between a child of God and a child of the devil, the child of the devil may know more scripture than the child of God. But he has no ability to interpret those scriptures properly because nobody can take that which is holy and bring it down to their level without the guidance of the Spirit of God. So, uh, this gives us a new position spiritually. Before we believe, we were dead. We were dead, not physically, but we were dead spiritually. Uh, you know, we have sometimes it seems that we have a hard time understanding that we have no ability whatsoever to understand the things of God until the Holy Spirit enters us and teaches us. Now notice in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, it says, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, follow along, but God who is rich in mercy For his great love wherewith he loved us. Now notice verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins. Now to be dead in sins is we have no spiritual understanding. We may be able to quote the scripture. We may be able to find the scripture. But a lost man cannot understand the things of the Lord. So he tells us very clearly, you know, when he speaks to us in verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins. I mean, you know, that just makes logical sense. If I'm dead in my sins, then that means that I'm still lost. So he says, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even. Now, it seems like that a lot of people, I want to be saved, so I'm working on it. You ever heard that statement? I'm working on it. Be patient, preacher. I'm working on it. What can you do to work on it? You can't understand. You can have knowledge of it. You know, there's a lot of things that I have knowledge of but no understanding of. That's exactly the way it is with spiritual things. When a lost man, he may have more knowledge than me or you. But there's no way he can have any understanding because God doesn't give understanding of the scriptures to a lost person. So he tells us. In verse five, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. Quicken, make alive. Come to pass. Then he goes on in parenthesis: By grace are he saved. By grace are he saved. And then he says in verse six: And have raised us up together. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceedingly riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. You ever wonder why, when we get out of God's will, we have a hard time remembering the promises? We have a hard time walking the way we did yesterday or last week because we have forsaken the teacher, and the teacher is the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit of God that convinces you you shouldn't do something when in the flesh you may be thinking about it. So if we get out of the will of God, then a a saved person can do about anything a lost person can do, except that saved person is going to be dealt with. No saved person ever gets away with sin. And we're not going there this, this morning, but we certainly can. Sometimes God deals with maybe my children or my grandchildren instead of me. Any good parent or any any good grandparent, you know, when my children were sick, I was it should be me instead of them. When my grandkids were sick, let it be me instead of them. But God doesn't always work that way. He knows how to get our attention. So baptism just really puts us in a new position. You're not saved into the church. You're not born into the church. You are born into the family, but you're baptized into the church. Baptism is the door to the church. Then when we talk about the works of the Holy Spirit, regeneration or a new life, regeneration is the work by which God, the Holy Spirit, makes us spiritually alive. We hear people say, or I, I say, we I do. I hear people say, you know, and you know, a lady asked me that. I don't know how long ago but it was, some some time ago. She said, "So, uh, if I understand you right, you've been in church all these years, you know." And she said, "Well, that's the reason you know what you know." Not necessarily. Not necessarily. The Holy Spirit teaches you. The church, when you assemble in the church, it gives you an opportunity that those in the family does not take advantage of. See, everybody saved is in the family, but not everybody saved is in the church. But when God adds you to the family, then you got an opportunity to grow, and God will bless you for that so uh, as we look in the scriptures and we, this is where we try to get our understanding, this is where we try to grow thereby we, we see how the Lord works and uh, we don't want to re- repeat the same uh, scriptures but there's many scriptures that teach the very same thing over and over again but in a different light. So let's look at the book of Ephesians. Again, uh, we look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 6, and God says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Now, notice verse 5. Even when we were dead in trespasses and sin, have quickened us, together with Christ see uh, we sang a little song I have decided to follow Jesus nice little song but it's not scriptural nobody can decide to follow Jesus until God quickens that individual so attending church, attending Bible uh, study, reading your Bible, associated with saved people, all give you opportunities to build up the day when you will see yourself as being lost and you need a Savior. That's, that's very important for us to see. So that's what Ephesians 2, 4 through 6 says. You know, I love verse 6 and have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I mark in my Bible, and in my Bible I've got the word place underlined. He have raised us up together and made us sit together. You know, it's uh, sort of like a parent desperately a child, you know, come in here, get out of the water, get in the house. And they won't do it voluntarily until one of the parents go out and use a little switch or some persuasion, and they want to come out. See, but somebody worked on it, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. So the more we have exposed ourselves to the Word, even though you may not understand it, you may be in church bored as a, out of the gourd, but the Spirit will use what you have heard, bring it back to your memory, and causes you not to go as far back as you possibly would or could do. And that's just a that's just wonderful work of the Holy Spirit that we do not Give the Holy Spirit, I, I think, you know, credit for like a better terminology, uh, what the Holy Spirit does. But the Holy Spirit teaches us and, and lives in us, and we need to understand that. So let's, let's go back to John, the book of John, chapter 1, as we look at this. And we see in chapter John, uh, chapter 1 of John, excuse me, Gospel of St. John, chapter 1 and verse 12. Notice he said, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, this teaching is fresh because I talked to an elderly lady this very week, and she said, one day, brother, I'm gonna get saved. But God said, But as many as receive him, to them gave he power. It sounds good that, you know, I'm I have decided to follow Jesus. And we say, Praise the Lord. But when we get into the meat of that statement, How can a dead man make any decisions? He changed. So that's why it's important to be in Sunday school, to be in church, to avail yourself around somebody that is going to answer a question and be positive. So he tells us, you know, but as many as received him, to them he gave. To power. In other words, he said, as many as says, I want Jesus, he gave them power to be able to say, I want Jesus. Even to them that believed on his name. I'm saved because Jesus saved me, not because one day I decided I needed to be saved. Because I was still dead then. I was still lost then. And a lost man has no desire to be saved. What he has is a head knowledge. But with a head knowledge, you can can create a conscience. And when you have a conscience that is deepened in the word of God, then that word of God will affect your decisions. So that's important for us to know. Whereas before we were physically alive, but spiritually dead, now we are spiritually alive in Christ and positionally dead in the flesh. This flesh is still dead. I'm I'm here, I got myself dressed, I thanked, you know. But spiritually This flesh is dead. This flesh would not be here if it wasn't because of the Holy Spirit living in me. And some people, when I counsel them or talk to them, they say, well, if you're right, then I was helpless. You not only was helpless, you're still helpless. God controls you. Brother Bill used to teach, and I thank God for the teaching. He said there was a white dog, a black dog. Which one do you choose? God didn't literally make me accept him, he worked on my wonder. God didn't force me to believe Baptist doctrine. When I studied Baptist doctrine, the Spirit of God bearing witness with my spirit, first of all, he made me alive. Second of all, he taught me because the Holy Spirit lives in me. And if you're saved, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And let me ask a simple question. Will the Holy Spirit teach you error? Will the Holy Spirit guide you to do something wrong? No, we do something wrong because we let the spirit out and we follow the flesh. Whereas before we were physically alive but spiritually dead, now we are spiritually alive in Christ and positionally dead in the flesh. I mean, look at John chapter five, verse twenty-one. We're already in the book of John. Look at John 5:21. When we look at that uh, verse and we see what God says, "For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quicken them, even so the son quicken whom He will." Remember the two sisters concerned about the brother being dead? They called for the Lord, and he waited till four days. (coughs) They were upset. Lord, our brother is already smelling now. He's been dead. But it was no problem for God to raise a dead man and cause him to come up out of the grave. Because everybody that is saved, he raised up. Every one of us was dead. Every one of us. So it was Christ. So it shouldn't surprise us when we hear about God raising a dead man. If you're saved, you are a dead man that's been raised and quickened and made alive. eternal life has been imputed to us we've been transformed we have been transformed when we talk about salvation and the service of god it's a you it's not based upon our knowledge or our ability it is based upon whether we are being Guided by the Holy Spirit that is in us or are we being guided by the flesh who is against us? The flesh is against you. The flesh is your enemy. So we need to realize that and we need to thank God that we don't have to worry. The only thing we need to to have to be blessed with the Lord is an obedient attitude. It doesn't matter whether we understand it. If God's word says it, then if we're saved, we follow the word of God. And we need to realize that. Eternal life has been imputed to us. Imputed to us. And we are to Thank the Lord for that. Now, we have an indwelling new power. At the moment of salvation, listen carefully, at the moment of salvation, we are permanently indwelt by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All we've got to do is to be obedient. Obedient. Now, look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 9. God says here, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be ye if so be that the spirit of God dwells in you now if any man have not the spirit of Christ he's none of his and if Christ be in you the body is dead because of sin but the spirit is live because of righteousness the flesh has no power over us unless we yield to it. I'd have a fifth of liquor sitting on my table with the top on and set there until I die. I'll never get drunk with that fifth of liquor sitting on the table. That flesh is your enemy. That flesh is against everything God stands for. But that flesh can do nothing until you yield to it. Until you yield to it. So the old saying, which is, to me, almost blasphemy when people said the Lord made me do it. He could have stopped me. You know, that's what uh, that lady was as old as I was, or maybe even older, I'm not sure, but she said, you know, you know, If God didn't want me to do what I'm doing, he would stop me. Do you want to be a follower of a robot? God had my life and your life planned out before the world began. And people say, I don't believe that. Then you don't believe the scriptures. God wrote my name in the book of life before he created the world. God knows I was going to be saved, and he had a plan for me. And if I want to live prosperously, and have rewards to lay at the feet of Jesus, see, I know I'm saved. No doubt in my mind, you know, it, it doesn't come across me could I be lost. I know that I know that I know I'm saved. But I want some gifts, if you allow me to use that term, Biblical term is rewards. I want some rewards to lay at the feet of Jesus. And I can't have any rewards sitting on my stool or do nothing saying Jesus paid it all. No. One of the things that I can do and you can do as long as you are mentally capable, you can pray to him that you can thank him. You know, the days that makes me feel good is when, you know, I really don't want anything, Lord. I just want to thank you for loving me. I mean, if we get in the flesh, we always want something. We always need something. But stop and think. If you know who you are this morning, and you know you're saved, you've been blessed. Because there's people all over this country that has no idea who they are. I know who I am. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Nothing more, nothing less. Apart from Jesus Christ, life is not worth living. And you don't know that until you know Christ. See, gifting, gifting the new purpose. What is gifting the new purpose? Well, at salvation, the Holy Spirit gives each of us a unique spiritual gift. What is yours? You know, you probably have said that or you know people that said, what ability do you have? I can't do nothing. I don't have no gifts at all. You don't? Hmm. Well, let's look at First Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12. God says here in verse 7, he says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with. See, you can't make money through investments if you have no money to invest, right? That's common sense. But he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with with He's given you so you can profit. You now have the ability, I don't want to do this because it's affecting my health. It's a bad witness. I'm not growing. Same chapter... Verse 11, But all these worked, that one and the self-same spirit dividing to every man several as he will. That's why we can't compare ourselves with somebody else. We don't have the same ability. We don't have the same gifts. Notice it. Verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with. In other words, God has given you gifts that will profit you. And God is more concerned about my spiritual condition and he is my physical condition because I'm going to get a new body. I'm not going to get a new spirit. The spirit that I have will enter heaven or hell. And it could affect whether my rank. See, well, I'm one and I'm not ashamed of it, I can prove it. Everybody's not going to be equal in glory. Well if you find comfort in believing the other way, I won't disturb that comfort, but you don't have no scripture. Because God said He's gonna reward us according to what we've done with what he's given us. He doesn't expect me to be a wonderful singer. He hasn't given me that ability. But he's given me the ability to open my mouth and make a joyful noise. That's the only thing he promised. So, and unique work To accomplish. He's given us whatever I need to accomplish whatever he expects me to do. See, God will never lay upon your heart to do something unless he's going to give you the ability to do it. But how do we answer that? I don't have no talent. If I had talent, I wish I had some talent. I'd give it unto the Lord. Today the in which we live in, the greatest talent you can have is to be a prayer warrior. Pray for those who don't have enough common intelligence to know that they are what they are by the grace of God. God tells us. In Matthew the twenty-fifth chapter, twenty-fifth chapter and fifteenth verse. Matthew twenty five verse fifteen. The Lord tells us very clearly. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his civil ability straightway took his journey. What does that verse tell us? If he only gave me one talent, he don't expect me to do what the man with two talents to do. He has given us ability. That's why that I... Some of y'all don't know who I'm talking about. I know both my sisters do. It's Susan Lawrence. She's been a member of Brian's Station. Couldn't carry a tune to nothing. But I love to hear her sing. Because she sang for the Lord. She blessed my heart when I heard her sing. There are those who've got to have everything perfect or whatever, but I don't know why we expect perfect deeds out of an imperfect body. You ever wondered about that? He'll take our imperfect gifts and bless them. Because of what? Our ability? No, our faithfulness. So we have a new, new, new purpose. The purpose of our spiritual gifts is to manifest power of the Spirit of God within as by edifying the body of Christ in some way. The work chosen by God for us is something that no one else could ever accomplish the way we accomplish. One day we will stand before God and our life will be flashed before us and we'll see of all the rewards we miss because we live by excuse. The excuse of I don't know how or I can't or what will people say. And lastly, the sealing new destiny. Sealing is... The work by which the Holy Spirit assures our eternal destiny. See, I believe in the eternal security of the blood of all believers, and I would thank every one of y'all do, but the reason is because uh, no one can take away from what God does. And God says in Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, I believe starting with about verse 13, he says, in whom ye also trusted after thee heard the word of truth. Let's stop right there. Nobody is saved until they hear the word of God. That's why babies are not saved. Babies are safe. Babies, a baby back there, she's holding. If God called her home, she would, drove to the throne of God. Never heard the word of God to understand, never been baptized, never done any of those things. But as David talked about when God took his baby, she's, she's not coming back to me, but I drove where she is. That's the way it is when we lose somebody that is saved. We haven't lost them. we just apart for a while. For one day, you and your partner or your child or whoever you lost, if both of you save, you will both be united. Isn't that something to look forward to? You don't look at death as something bad. Death is a wonderful gift from God if we have nothing to be ashamed of in our life. And the life scripture we use found in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30, when God said, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Pretty close at canon season and I can visualize mom counting those jars and waiting for them to pop. That's That's a good one. Well, God said, "Dream not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. I'm sealed. Satan cannot get to me because I've been sealed by the Spirit of God. That's why I believe in eternal security to blood-bought believers. I've been bought. I belong to him. I've been sealed. I'm untouchable by the devil. Father, we thank you for this.